Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 BA fam. Please follow us on Apple Podcasts and keep our audience growing. If your iPhone recently updated to iOS 14.5, head to Apple Podcasts, search for Brown Ambition, and click on the plus button in the upper right-hand corner. Do that and you'll be following our show. Whoop, whoop. You can also follow us on Spotify, on Stitcher, or on the Amazon Music app. You wouldn't have to do all that you know, if you had Android. But you know, Apple, that's fine, that's fine. And now on to our show. Happy Brown Ambition Wednesday. Hey, how are you? Oh, you know, maskless and feeling fancy free. <laughs> are you Just kidding. Masks? Never taking. Nope, 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 nope. Um, I actually turned back around. I forgot a mask today. Mm-hmm. And I was going to Target. And I don't really understand the new CDC guidelines, even though they say that if you're vaccinated, you don't need to wear masks indoors anymore. I'm still afraid that a business is like going to kick me out for not having one. It's all very... We're in this weird kind of transitional period, I think, where the lines are just kind of blurry. And but honestly, for my own safety, I know people are out there being nasty. And like, who? how do you know if someone's vaccinated or not? I'm not going to ask. So I will be masking up until um, the end of the world. I don't know. How do we we go back now? I know. I don't even know that we I don't even know, honestly. Uh, I mean, I I got my first shot. And I get my second one um, in a couple of weeks. And even still, I did it because I was just like, you know, I see my parents more and more. And my dad is almost 80. I'm just like, you know what? I just get nervous, you know? So, yeah. I will say to our listeners, if you're you're wondering whether or not you should get the vaccine even still, I was talking to a friend of mine and I was was really surprised that she said that she wasn't going to get vaccinated. And Mm -hmm. she's not even, she's like, you know, late 30s. And she said... I'm just going to see if y'all, you know, end up growing tails. That's literally or... what Superman said, because he's not getting vaccinated. He's like, yeah. He's like, what if we turn into zombies? What if they flip the switch? We all become zombies. I said, well, we'll be in zombie love. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's definitely a personal choice. Yeah. It's, de- you know, it's a it's a personal choice. But I, I do feel like I get really nervous about the future of, I mean, my existential crisis is like, if we don't, like, just get a vaccination for each other and put on a damn mask for each other, like... 
we it's not love thy neighbor up in in this country sometimes like it's not even about sometimes your personal comfort level it's just kind of putting other people before you not that i don't think people who don't get vaccinated are all doing it for selfish reasons but it's almost like i want to talk to a lot a lot of people and just hear you know why aren't you getting vaccinated what is it about it some people are just scared like i get it because people are like well how do i know what's in it how do i know i'm gonna be okay that's like i know superman's biggest worry and so like yeah so i can understand i guess I think what will happen is as more people get vaccinated and, you know, there's not whatever scary ramification, then people will be like, okay, let me go ahead and do that, you know? Yeah, just waiting for more time to go by. Mm -hmm. I do think for myself, it was such an easy, of course, like I was just desperate for for the end of this insanity, just for a silver lining. And I have been... There is this like a little bit of euphoria, you know. I took I took Rio to the grocery store for the first time in his life um, mm. a couple of weeks ago, and just that sense of normalcy. It's it was I, I love going to the store with him now. We never really got to do that. He's such a quarantine baby. Or the Aww. playground, or <laughs> we went to the zoo and he touched stuff and like I wasn't, you know. It it makes me. It, I, I'm loving this new. I guess this new new year. It feels like, but for babies, yeah, it's that's going to be the part where I start to really, 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 really read the science, you know, around how the littles are are reacting to it. But at the very least, masking up until further notice. Um, but yeah, shouts out to the CDC. But um, my trust level for Americans is not quite there right America. now. America. What else is going on? So I feel like such a grown up. So well, a grown up in business. So I um. Like so many businesses, you know, you have like contractors forever and ever and ever. So recently, we, I've been wanting to do this, but it's expensive to switch people from contractor to employees. So now we officially have 17 employees, 15 of which are, wait, I think it's 15, 12 of which are full-time and five of which are part-time. And so the difference between like, you know, contractor, employee, employee, you know, you know, they, you know, you work a set hours, set of hours, you, there's a certain set of parameters, but if you're a contractor, basically you get hired for a project and you get it done whenever you get it done, but we're not your only client. Like you don't live and die by us, you know, mm-hmm. but so many businesses, when they start, they can't afford to have employees because with employees, you have to pay like em- payroll tax. You have to provide some sort of like, you know, some, you know, some kind of insurance. There's all these expenses that make like if I'm going to pay you as an employee, say like $100,000, it could be like an additional a few tens of thousands of dollars to also pay for additional things on top of what it costs to have you as an employee for your pay. Mm-hmm. So as a result, so many people have a hard time getting actual employees yeah, but I'm just really proud because I'm like, dun, da, da, da. it's been something we've been working on for a long time. And I was like, we have employees. Wow. And not just that, but because one of our, we really want to thank the employees that are here. So, you know, the ones that are here, like if you, if you come brand new, like next year, it's different. But for the ones, you know, that have been, that are currently employees and made the switch over, we're paying a hundred percent for their health insurance, dental medical as well as vision and everyone has a 401k and we have a matching program ah, we're so weird. you match it i know well i don't know how much yet so this is how the matching program works for us <laughs> okay it's like what happens that's because we used to do bonuses at the end of the year so basically we, we kind of see like what happens at the end of the year profit loss like we made this much we spent this much hey there's money left over so with that money left over that's what we're going to put into the match like 
You know, mm. if we've got enough to match you at 3%, great. Enough to match you at, you know, 10%, whatever that looks like. We're going to use that kind of like, instead of doing bonuses, we'll do matches. Yeah, so you're like going to need HR. I, and we do. And we have an HR agent. Can you imagine? Like what? We have, yeah, shout out to Daphne. Girl. Yeah, honestly, Mandy, I feel the 2020 was both a great and hard year for business because- Although we were kind of like growing, we were also like, there were pieces of, of the business that were crumbling because you cannot operate the same way as you grow in business. And so we were trying to hold on and it was like, no girl, you, you have to like, you're the reason why it's crumbling is because you're outgrowing this way of doing business. You have to switch over to official employees. You have to have benefits. You have to have for, you know, like retirement plans. You have to, you know, you have to have HR. You have, so like literally 20, um, 2020 and 2021, that's what we've been really working on. We have slowed down like our growth as far as like income growth and focused the majority of our energy to foundational growth, which has been mm-hmm. awesome because now we've got this strong foundation. Like um, we, we had to redo the way we did our taxes and read. There was just so many foundational things that we were kind of like, oh, we'll do it later, we'll do it later. And it's like, no, later is now. And now mm. we are like so strong as a result. Like we're like a company company, even though, you know, we've been here for some time. But you'd be, mm. I promise you, you'd be surprised how many of your, you know, fave small business owners are like, yeah, one day girl for employees because it's hard. You know, it's not of cheap. Of course, like, yeah. It's you know, not cheap. Like I'll say, like for example, just for just for the um the plan that we chose for it cost us almost like oh maybe a little under two hundred thousand dollars for my my health insurance package. Think about that, right? For the for the company, for like my mm-hmm. employees, and then think about like we are not even including payroll tax. We're not even including. You see what I mean? Like it's just really expensive, and so it's just not something that's easily done. So the fact that it's done, and it's done in a way that, because we've been saving for it, like this is something I'm like, no, this is what I'm wanting. So we saved like almost double what we needed so we could be like really secure. I just felt really proud of like how hard the team worked. We've been having Mm. like HR meetings. Like it's just been, and just to say, hey, for those of you who are here now, as a thank you for putting in so much work to build this business alongside of me, like all of your health insurance, you don't have to come out of pocket. Like, the company takes care of that for you. It's not going to reduce because that was one of the worries. It's like, eh, you know, because when you when you're a contractor, you get all your money. If you make a hundred thousand, you get a hundred thousand. Then pay your own taxes. But here, you know, your money is going to be reduced because the government takes your taxes out of your paycheck. And I didn't want to also take your insurance out of your paycheck as well. So I'm like, no, we will cover that. Mm-hmm. You know, so it just feels really good to be like, 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 yeah, our staff is just like, wait, what? So it just feels, it feels awesome. I feel like a big girl in business. (laughs) I'm so proud of you. I know that, um, I know that office spaces are just, have gone the way of the dodo bird these days, but I mean, is the budget needs to office ever in the future? Uh -uh. (laughs) (laughs) No, for real, because honestly, I, what I love is because we're all digital, the transition to like digital was like, I won't say easy because there are so many of the people on our staff are women. So, and many of the women have kids at home. So that part was definitely challenging. But as far as like, you know, people are like, well, how do you get people motivated when they're not in the office? Well, we've been doing that for the, I mean, we've never had an office. So yeah. we, we figured out that energy and that vibe and how to trust people. And I don't sweat people. And I'm like, girl, it's okay for you to take the meeting at the park while you're pushing the baby on the swing. You can hear me. I can hear you. Right. Oh, okay. Girl. Yeah. Did you see that quote from that WeWork CEO? No. It was in the journal 
I don't know when it was last week or some. I don't know. My blood, my blood was boiling. I he he was quoted in the journal. I don't have it right in front of me, but I'll I'll track it down. He was quoted in the journal as saying, "If you really want to see who your most dedicated employees are, see who's eager to come back to the office." That has nothing to do see, with anything, right? And it. I mean, the reason my blood was boiling is because in one sentence, one sentence, this man just proved why women it's just never gonna if if what we're striving for is to succeed in this world the world where people like that become ceo and let's not you know let's not lie pretend like the majority of ceos and in, in executive level positions are held by men and especially white men how are we supposed to exist in a world where that is how they think of it your dedication is who's willing to schlep to the office that's how dedicated and it makes it seem like People who work from home for reasons such as work-life balance, to to just have some semblance of sanity, you know, to not be sitting in, in, in a car or on a train commuting to and from work, you know, to be doing it so that they can spend more time with their family or for whatever reason, just because it makes them more productive even. It just pissed me off because he he is completely proof positive that there is still that line of thinking out there. No matter how much some companies want to say that they support working moms and working parents and blah, blah, blah. It was clear that it was maybe for a season for a lot of people. And for people who who don't want to go back to work, are you going to be like, is there going to be unconscious bias against you? Are people going to be thinking that, oh, you're just not as dedicated? Because that to me is a load of bullshit. And as someone who used to be a complete I liked going to the office. I liked taking my little cup. I liked getting my latte at my favorite coffee coffee shop and going for walks and shooting the breeze with my coworkers. All of that, I thought I was more productive at work. I love working from home now. And I, I was just on the phone the other day with someone and they were like, do you think you'll ever work in an office again? And I'm just like, I don't, it doesn't appeal to me in any way. And I don't think that it says anything about someone's dedication or their talent or their worthiness. If they don't want to go back to an office, it was completely asinine. It it doesn't. And honestly, that is the way of like, here's the thing. What's so awesome is you get to see people destroy their own industry and company that they're in. I'm like, keep talking like the idiot that you are. Like, honestly, we work. I'm sorry. I don't. We've all. I mean, but let's see. They're a real estate company at the end of the day. So, of course, (laughs) they want offices to be reopened. So think about when people are saying these things. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But I will say this, that like, that has nothing. I mean, I have some of the most dedicated, like, caring, like what I really love about like, you know, working with the people that I work with is that you can reach out for beyond like, what you're going through. So for example, like uh, Tracy, the publicist on my team, she was like, wait, Something, something about taxes. I was like, I don't know, girl, but about her own business. I said, ask Shanta. Shanta's our CFO. She asked Shanta and Shanta was like, oh, no, no, just do it like this. Shanta was like, well, I have to ask Latrice something about which Latrice does all of our, um, like all of our email communications. Like she's my tech like manager. And so when you're trying to figure out like what tech system to use, you ask Latrice. And, and even though, so Shanta was asking about her personal business, you know, but what I love is that. I encourage folks to work on their own dreams and even help by promoting on our platforms, but also too, to figure out what works best for you. I can't tell you to how many times I've taken a meeting on a walk 
because I know I'll look to say, okay, this is not one of those meetings where I have to be in front of my computer, or maybe there is something that someone's going to want to send. Show me really quickly, but girl, that's what smartphones are for. I can take a look, mm-hmm. you know, because I need, I, there's no time for me to take a walk today. And this is the only time. And everyone knows that like you have the space and the freedom to navigate my, my expectation is that you're going to deliver whatever excellence, like excellence, but however you want to deliver it. And I just think that more and more of these companies are going to lose out to companies that know how to navigate. I was just literally telling two people on my, my team today, my business, the budget needs to, I'm really, I'm wanting to use it as like a social experiment. So I've got my literature academy, my online school, that business like makes the most. And then I'm shutting down my marketing company because I'm just like, oh girl, we don't need it. And I really focusing on the budget nista, but this a social experiment is this. Instead of saying, what can the business make? We're asking team members, what do you want to make? Let's come to a consensus. Like, C, like C-suite, let's just say C-suite says, we want to make 250. Okay. Manager level, you want to make 150? Okay. Or director level, 150. Manager level, 100,000? Okay. Like figuring out what that is. And so you're then, talking about salary. Mm-hmm. Like what do oh, you okay. actually want to make? Right? And then saying, how much does the company have to make to hit that number so we can pay and, and still like save and all the other things we do. Like, let's just say it's $10 million. Okay. Well, if we make $10 million by June or July, then we can literally do next to nothing for the rest of the year. That's my aim is to figure out what the, not to overwork, but to figure out what is it that we're wanting to make collectively, figure out how much that is, put in the work. And then like, not that there'll be no work, but maybe we use the rest of the year to experiment on new p- products that we can kind of lollygag on, you know, mm. knowing that you could take more time off. You can work on your own business. Like, why? Why not? Why couldn't it be like that? Yes, we can make $20 million and sleep less, or we can make 10 and make the amount that we've decided. So that's one of the experiments that, that like, we're putting into action for next year to really figure out what is it that we're wanting to make, how much we have to make to get it, and if we get it early, then we get to really like fall almost all the way back the rest of the year because why not? Yeah. What is, you know, like I just think that like companies have to be run differently or be left behind. Like I'm not trying to kill myself. Honestly, I'm trying to have this baby. I'm trying to like, you know, potentially have a show. I want to, you know, I want to make more than enough. I would I want to take home uh seven well, I already do that now. But I want to take home a specific amount of money and then you know, if I could be done by June, sis, all the better. You know what I mean? Then I could be like, oh, let me lean into Molly Moore, a project that doesn't make much money, but it's fun. Or let me, you know, I don't know. I can, a lot of people ask me to volunteer my time, but I don't have as much time to volunteer because I'm like, oh, we have to make money in order to hit our, no. Now I can be like, oh, I can spend the rest of the year that all my speaking engagements, I can give them away for free to nonprofits and churches and things like that. And so, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm, there has to be a better way to do this in business. And instead of like big for big sake, like what's the purpose? I, we already know that we're serving our community, but it's like now I kind of want to do an about face, like the people who are doing the serving, how do I make sure that you get served? That's really important to me. Um, so yeah, it's just- I love that. I I have, having worked for several publicly traded companies where it is all about that quarterly earnings period, like what are we going to tell Wall Street our revenue was? What are we going to tell 
our shareholders, you know, what's the stock price? And even if you were a bottom rung employee or the top, I mean, it, no matter what they say at the end of the day, that is what they care about, the bottom line. Mm-hmm. And it is that constant grind. And it's also, I love that it, you're even just questioning working for work's sake, you know, being on the hamster wheel as a corporation. And, and as you're describing it, it reminds me of what happens when you have financial freedom on a personal level. Like when you when you have money in the bank, to where someone else's choice doesn't really have an impact on what you can do. Like you have the freedom to not need, you know, to work for a certain person if if they offend you or if they don't welcome, you know, the fact that you have got a kid in the background yes. or they don't like that you take walks. You can walk away from that. You yes. don't have to fester in anger. You have a choice to remove yourself from that situation. And I, yeah, so that's what I love about it. It just sounds like, that's where I have always been laser focused on is, is getting to a place of personal financial freedom to where I don't, nothing bothers me because I have a choice to walk away from anything that does at the end of the day. Mm. And I can make choices now for my family because of the steps I've taken to, to invest and save and, you know, keep expenses very, very low, not very low, but keep, stay comfortable, but not just acquire things and yes. acquire a bigger this and a better that because that's what it feels like I'm supposed to be doing, but to really be thoughtful about the things that I do purchase and the things that, you know, we spend our money on, things that actually bring joy, you know, experiences and yeah, the occasional thing, but a thing that isn't, you know, something that we can share together, that kind of thing so that we're we're free to make those decisions and it feels so damn good. Yes. And I would love to, I mean, I'm just, I'm excited for the budget Nista and all your employees because they're, you call them the unicorn squad, but that's a unicorn culture too. Mm. Um, there's, I've heard other philosophies like this in business, but it's certainly not the norm. The norm is still that grind, grind till you die. Yes. Um, and we got to stop. We got to stop. Like, what's the word? Um, we have to stop like... What is the damn word? Tiffany, help a girl out. I felt like we have the hustle culture where it's like, yes, yeah. hustle, hustle culture, culture where we we say this is the way it's got to be. We glamorize it, you know, burn burnout and exhaustion and schlepping to the office, even though it it makes you angry and sucks away your soul just because, well, people think this is what we should be doing. Just thinking of things differently. It's amazing. Yeah, I just I'm excited because I'm just like. What if we could normalize that? You know, like I think my remember my biggest thing I told you, Mandy, that I was like I'm, I wasn't gonna write like a business book until I hit ten million dollars in revenue because I feel like people would take me seriously. You know, mm-hmm. it's because I want to be able to say you can do that. You know, you can you cannot work people to death. You cannot try to squash their dreams. You can actually encourage them to have businesses and actually help their businesses grow. I help so many people on our team with their businesses, whether it's advice or free advertising with us or whatever. You can do that and people still stay with you. People are like, well, if if you help her grow her business, why should she stay? Here's the thing. If you're amazing, you're not going to stay either. Like you can... I'm not worried if someone's going to leave. We create such an amazing environment that we will always have good employees. We will. Like anytime we're looking for someone, we get flooded by so many amazing people who want to work with us. So if someone decides to leave because they have an, we have some, someone right now 
with this amazing once in a lifetime opportunity. And she's like, you know, in her last round of interviewing, the fact that she came to us and told us, and we're all wishing her well, like, we hope you get it. And she's like, even if I get it, I'm still going to work here part time. We're like, girl, you are not going to be able to work here part time. <laughs> Because it was, it's a once in a lifetime amazing opportunity. But the fact that she's telling us she's going on interviews and she's excited and we're not like, well, girl, bye, you're fired. And the fact that it's an environment that you can say that and we wish you well. And like we do, because where there's one of her, there is more of her because we create an environment that fosters that kind of person to seek us out and want to work with us. You know, like most people who have started with me are still here. You know, very rarely have I let someone go. And even the people that we've let go, 95% of them, I still converse with and email with and text and check on them. It was it was very amiable, amicable. And, you know, um, we let them go with kindness and money. I mean, I know we don't have to give three pe people three months worth of severance when you're a contractor, but we did because I'm like, well, you're a mom and I don't want to see you str struggle or you're a mom and I don't want to see you without a job. Let me help you find something else. So as a result, we put a lot of really good business karma out there. But I think there's a different way that people can navigate. And I, what I want is that people start to demand more from where they work and let these businesses that want to mistreat you, let them suffer. Mm -hmm. For real. Let Create your them. own financial safety net so mm -hmm. that you don't, like, your continuing to work there gives them a sense of, oh, well, whatever we're doing must be working because people are still here. Mm -hmm. Like, you may be there because you've got debt and you have to pay it off or because you feel like, you know, you're stuck and there's nothing else out there for you. But finance, I mean, money is not the enemy. It is a tool for you to use to get to your purpose and to get to a place where you're happy. It can exist. Like, you can do work that feeds you and makes you happy and build a life for yourself that that yes that that you feel like represents what you're best at and makes you that brings you joy and at the end of the day if you have that's what I love this show when we talk about all the time it's it's the simple steps you can take to create that financial cushion so that you can make choices thoughtfully for your best interest because at the end of the day whoever you're working for they're going to be looking out for their best interest 99% of the time, right? So it's just a different, it's a different way of feeling. And it's like proof of what can happen when you just make choices that take away that, you know, that hanging, that sense of dread hanging over you, the financial, you know, the financial weight on your shoulders that can hold you back and keep you at a place that is not giving you, um, that is not giving you purpose or giving you like any happiness at all. Mm-hmm. So where you where, is it budgetista.com slash hiring? Is that where we can look for <laughs> I always say we're not job hiring. My thing is like we're not hiring right now, but we always take resumes. And you'd be surprised. Like if we I'll be like, oh, we're not hiring. And somebody will send a resume. I'm like, oh, you know what? Somebody on the team will be like, Tiffany, I need a I'm like, I just got a resume. Girl, I'm sending it over. So I always tell people yeah, that, you know. Shoot your shot. Yeah, no, for real. Because you just I you just never know. Like there's not one position that we're like, okay, but like I said, like um, the last person we just hired was someone we weren't hiring. And, and then we ended up needing someone and her resume was already in my inbox and she ended up being an amazing fit. Yeah, we have a lot of corp corporate refugees over at Budgetista. I'm like, let those places suffer. They don't deserve you, honestly. I mean, I get it. Like if you have to you have to feed your family, you got to take care of your kids, you have to. But mm, keep your eye out for there are more places popping up that know how to treat people. Places that you know that don't let them suffer let them lose their best and their brightest let them lose you they don't deserve you 
You know, I'm like, yeah, so huh, we work. I, I know he's not talking. Bruh, you have a lot to worry about worrying about people coming back to the office. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you have a PR issue, bruh. So, yeah. <laughs> so that was good. You want to take great. some questions? Well, let's take a quick woosah. Yes. Take a quick break and we'll be right back with y'all's questions. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 BA fam. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. That's incredible. This is according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 150 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Okay, it's smart. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Just go to Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Brown Ambition. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. All right. We are back with your questions. Hit us up, y'all. We are at Brown Ambition Podcast on Instagram. You can slide into our DMs there with your questions on your career or your finances. You can also check out our show notes and see how you can leave us a voicemail with your questions. We may take your answer live on the show. Yeah. Can I just really quickly, someone, was this a tweet? Anyway, her name is I'll Slap. Well, you know what? I won't name her name. <laughs> we'll slap who? She said her name is literally I'll Slap Your Ass Just Cause of Slavery, friend. I don't... <laughs> That's literally her Twitter name. So, hey, girl. I love us. This is what she wrote. She said, Tiffany, there's a video going around about the housing bubble by he who shall not be named. We know who he's talking about. DR, period. So, I refuse to watch it. That's right, girl. Can you two discuss on the podcast or something, please? So, um, housing bubble. Yes. What are you thinking? Oh, I mean, I think this has been the, a conversation that's been 
happening since the pandemic. I mean, people, and I'm living it. I don't know if you are too, Tiffany, but in the burbs outside of New York, I live about 30 minutes outside the city. We have so many cityites or urbanites who have been, you know, fleeing the or fled the super populated city of Manhattan, fled public transit to rent homes out here in the burbs with us. And property values, let me tell you, like our neighborhood, I always have always thought it was a hidden gem. We got our house for 445000 and we, we did a lot of work to it. But just to give you a baseline, a house two blocks from mine just went on sale for over $800,000. Crazy. Like, it's, it's, you know, and, and husband's like, we trying to move? Or I'm like, no, we're not trying to move right now. I don't think it's necessarily a bubble. And and this is why, I mean, well, you have to like define bubble. I don't think that we're in a position like we were leading up to the housing crisis of 07, 08 for a couple of different reasons. There's there's more regulations in place today. One of the biggest problems with the last recession or the last housing crisis was that lenders were just out here giving away houses to people who could not afford them, literally could not afford them. And as soon as times got tough with the recession, people started defaulting on their mortgages. And then because lenders were turning around and selling those mortgages off to Wall Street, Wall Street was all, you know, self-combusting as well because they had all these bad mortgage notes on their books. So it's it, that stuff is not happening today. What we're seeing today is simple economics. And I think I've told y'all, y'all got a, I got a, I, I, I eked out a B in econ in college, but I listened enough to whatever his name was who wore Hawaiian t-shirts. I don't know why he did. My professor, I listened enough to remember supply and demand. And that's what we're seeing right now. The inventory of housing in this country does has not been meeting the demand from people wanting more space. They want a yard. They want you know more freedom. They want to breathe, cut out of these big cities, and they want to move. And in, in cities where the real estate markets are tight with inventory, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. There's less supply. There's mm-hmm. more demand. So the cost of goods is going up. I would say if I was looking to buy right now, I would be nervous. I would only yeah. buy if I really, really wanted to, needed to, and had good data on the market where I am purchasing yes. a home to see if it's been, how has it performed in other, you know, uh, dicey economic times. And just ask around and do your due diligence as a homeowner, the struggle with us is like, well, do you want to sell and make a pretty penny? But then where am I going to go? I'll be out in the same housing market. Everyone else is going to be out and unable to find something, you know, because inventory is so tight or prices are so high that even if I turn a profit on my home, you know, I just have to turn around and sink that into the next one. And that's that's what my so I don't know necessarily if it's a bubble per se or there's a little bit of inflation. And I do expect for there to be a little bit of correction in the market. Meaning, I don't think all of a sudden it's gonna burst and your your $800,000 home is gonna be worth 200,000, no. But I do think there'll be like a settling down, you know, cause it won't go up forever and ever and ever because eventually the, the, the demand will slow down or the supply will increase. And then that's when you'll really see if whether or not, <sighs> my only thing is this is like, it's one thing for a house to go up fifty thousand, you know, sixty thousand, but houses that are going up two hundred, three hundred thousand, I'm like, that's where I think you might see some course correction if houses are doubling where you are. Because I'm just like, uh, I don't know, I don't know. If it was me right now, I would not buy a house for double. I just wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I would not buy a house for you know, like, you know, fifty, sixty percent more than it was, you know, just a little while ago. I just. 
It just feels, and I guess maybe I'm a little gun shy because Mandy, I bought my house in 2006 right before. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I'm also a lot more conservative. So what that means is, guys, is that like I bought my house for $220,000 right before the housing crash, you know, in 2008, 9, 10. And so I bought it for two twenty. dollars The lowest it went down, I think, Mandy, I want to say is like two, no, one thirty, one fifty. So, you know, I was like, what the hell? You know, and since then, Mandy, that remember I told you every once in a while I I, I still cyber stalk my my old condo. So I would say yeah. at least once a year I type in my address to see what is it worth now. It has never gotten back up to two twenty. The closest it's got is one eighty. And so it makes me say, like, ugh, whenever I see like home prices inflate um dramatically, it just makes me nervous to say, you know, not to say that it's gonna crash, but there might be a little bit of a course correction. So I would it's so hard with homes not to get emotional about purchasing. But I just be mindful about still looking for a deal because despite, you know, like the housing market being crazy, there are still ways to get deals. You know, there are still sometimes people who are selling in distress and there are still keep your ear to the streets. Like the house I live in now, we purchased it. You know, it was Newark is a very hot market, and we were getting uh, for a year to two, almost two years, we were getting outbid left and right, and we found this on a um, auction site, and we paid half price for it. So there's still deals to be found if you're willing to be patient. So that's what I would just say. Yeah, our neighborhood is definitely the fixer-upper neighborhood in the sense that there's a lot of older homeowners. Like our our, our home, we purchased from a young a young retiree couple, like in their early 60s, and you know they were just ready to to move and downsize. And there's a lot of homes in our neighborhood that are like that, and that to me is a more natural kind of turnover. You know, they're selling their homes because they this this neighborhood. You know, they lived in for a few decades, raised their kids, they're ready to downsize, and there's a lot of great. Uh, deals to be had we've seen and it's been fun to see people buy these these homes that look pretty sad and run down and then just fix them up and I'm excited about it I'm glad I bought the house three years ago I'm gonna say that but I mean I don't understand like it's such a huge purchase like if you're out there trying to buy a house just just rent it's it's fine you don't have to have a home right now Mm -hmm. it's like that herd mentality but um, yeah it's that my dad sold his condo in Atlanta he lives about well not in Atlanta but he lives in a Tucker, which is about, I don't know, 20 minutes outside of Atlanta. And he sold his condo he'd been in for a long time. I think he bought it for like $60,000 and he sold it for one thirty dollars or something like that. He's like, why are you putting all of my business on <laughs> this? What He doesn't even know what the podcast is. It's fine. Um, but anyway, he made a nice profit, but he's living with a cousin right now because like the time, it just, it's hard to line up those perfect things where you can sell and then immediately you know, walk into a, a new home of your own. So he's he's trying to figure out. You know, he's staying on his uh, with his with his cousin. Shout out to Mark. Um, he's staying with him, and you know, trying to figure out where he wants to live and taking his time. And he's also in a really tough market outside of Atlanta too. So that's the other side of that coin. But huh. thank you to I will slap you for slavery. <laughs> what was it? <laughs> I will slap your ass just because of slavery. And I think it says Frank because I got cut off. But I, girl, please tweet me because that was hilarious <laughs> that that was your name. And I'm thank you for, yes, you don't have to watch He Who Shall Not Be Named. Come on over here. We got you, girl. Or just, or do watch it, but then watch other stuff too. And, you know, sometimes it's good to see what the, what, what some people are saying, like, and, and, and think critically about it and, like, you know. But I I understand. It's I I commend you for for at least knowing enough to be like, yeah, I'm not gonna believe whatever it is that he's talking about. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, let's take this question from Instagram. I guess we're going to keep them anonymous. They say, hi, ladies. I have a quick question. My husband and I started the snowball method and we've paid off over $91,000 in debt. Okay. I'm going to pause just to do my snaps. Yes. That's amazing. That's work. Yes. Including our car, credit cards, and student loans. We still have $24,000 to go, but we're super happy and grateful to be where we are. Along the way, we started to get rid of our credit cards to begin a no credit card life. As a result, my credit began to drop due to a lack of revolving credit. I knew this would happen and was prepared for this. However, we'd like to slowly build this up again. I'm wondering what are the best credit cards to open in order to do this? Or what's the best way? Should we stop paying my student loan in full in order to keep that as part of my credit report? I would love some advice. Oh, girl. Keep paying your loans. Yeah, I was going to say pay. (laughs) Pay them bad boys off. Yeah. So there are two types of debt. There is revolving debt, which is credit card debt. They call it revolving because it like it's like the door. Like even as you pay it off a credit card, it's still active. Like, you know, like you can keep still coming back in at any time. And there's installment loans. And installment loan means there's this lump sum that you owe and you make installment payments until it's done. So one of the ways to like offset the fact that you're thinking you might be like losing like, you know, some of your um your mix, your credit mix is you can keep like, you don't. here's the thing. You don't have to have a credit card if you don't want to there. You know, you, you know, um, just by paying your bills on time and, you know, some of them will and also paying like, you know, your your other things off, you're going to definitely see a boost. But if you did want to keep one credit card once you paid it off and just pay, you know, put something like I, I call it the jump like Jordan method because, you know, Michael Jordan used to jump and stay in the air for a long time. And that's what we want our credit to do is you put like your Netflix or your gym membership on that one card after you've paid it off. You say, hey, Netflix, charge this card every month. And then you find out when your statement date is. That is the date that a statement is issued saying you use the card because you want them to Um, You want them to tell the credit bureaus the card has been used. And then you have a, I I like to have a checking account just for bills. You have that bills account, pay the credit card off in full after the statement date, but by the due date. So paying off a credit card in full every month will help to keep, like get, get your credit score jumping and to keep it high because, you know, one, it, it will show that you are, you know, like, responsibly using credit, you're paying it off in full. And because you're putting something really low on it, it keeps your utilization, which is 30% of your score, it keeps it low. So no, sis, pay off all the debts. People always wouldn't want to ask that. Like, you know, man, you ever hear that people are afraid to like pay off debt because they don't want to lose credit. But I'm like, uh they want you to think that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Pay off the debt. It only helps them if you do not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And her question is, you know, beyond you know, rebuilding her credit, but what are the best credit cards to open? You could literally open, I'm just trying to think of like a funny credit card, Victoria's Secret credit card, as long as you're paying off the credit card in full each month, um, but probably don't open a Victoria's Secret credit card, okay? But that's just the, anyway, a gap credit card. (laughs) Um, And as long as you pay it off in full, they all work the same, you know? But if I were doing, if I were you, I would pick a credit card that you know, fits whatever my habits are. Um, if you're wanting a credit card that maybe gives you points, then maybe look at cards that give you points for things and services that you use quite often. But if you really just want a card that you can charge one thing to and use it to rebuild your credit, any no fee credit card will do. And the interest rate is whatever the interest rate is, but you don't plan on paying them any interest, right? As long as you pay it off in full every month, 
then you'll never pay any interest. So you really just look for the card that's no fee and pretty simple to use, maybe with a bank that you already bank with just for simplicity's sake and like go from there. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can always check out a, a website like Magnify Money. Shouts out to my old boss. Mm-hmm. My old, well, they're not there anymore, but my old uh, company, magnifymoney.com. And there's creditcards.com too, where you can kind of look and see what's out there. It's so many options, believe me. But I will say at the end, you know, with the pandemic, credit card usage plummeted, especially on cards that paid you big points for travel and restaurants because nobody was doing either of those things anymore. And I have seen that some banks are now bringing back nice, juicy sign-on bonus offers to try to lure people back to using their credit cards. Mm -hmm. So you may want to take this, you know, chance to earn some points and pick a card that's going to give you a nice sign-up bonus. But of course, pay attention to the fine print. You often have to spend a minimum amount of money to get the bonus, and you don't want to spend more than you can afford to to pay off. So read the fine print and definitely check out a card comparison site. Like I mentioned, Magnify Money or CreditCards.com to get the right card for your lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and we're proud of you. Continue to pay off your debt, child. 91k that's nuts that's i love that they paid off their car too i'm i was just telling my mom today my card's paid off my car my car's paid off it's been paid off forever i love it it's my baby even though she's uh she's struggling these days but yeah i i car debt is my least favorite thing in the entire world yeah yeah I just want to say thank you guys who were like in the who were sending questions where you talk about you're getting um get good with money. Um my book. Just thank you guys so much. Honestly, it has been six weeks on the New York Times bestsellers list, which is boop, boop, boop. Wait, that was supposed to be like a foghorn. I know. Insane, <laughs> Tiffany. It is insane. That, I said that the other day to someone and I had no reason to talk about it. I'm like, yeah, Tiffany, my co-host, she has a best-selling book. It's been on the best-selling list for like six weeks. I know. Dude, it's just crazy. Like literally, like, yeah, we have sold over 50,000 copies just so you guys get a little heads up. Because since you're BA listeners, um, actually, no, when this comes out, that's actually perfect. Um, I am going to be like, because we sold over 50,000 copies, we're going to do a 50 book giveaway. So if you haven't gotten a copy yet and you want to win, um, I'm going to be posting something on social media on Wednesday when the, when the, um, podcast comes out. So follow me on Twitter or, um, Instagram in particular. So we'll be giving away 50 copies of the book, signed copies, and we'll I'll throw in a bunch of these to bracelet to go with it. And um, how do yeah. I still not have one? I should have just snatched one off your bracelet. <laughs> you should have. <laughs> you were just here, Mandy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, that's so funny. And my baby cousin Ariel graduated from high school um, last week. Congratulations. She's so cute. I'm going to give her your book. She Yay. probably won't touch it for a while because, you know, okay. teenagers. <laughs> That's okay. But it, for if you have a college grad in your life, come on now. Yes. Go ahead on to giggomoney.com. Right? That yes. is the place to go. And two, we're gonna, like next week, like if you have a book club, we're going to be doing something special for book clubs. So I, I taped all these videos for y'all. So that's coming up soon, too. Oh, exciting. Mm-hmm. The gift that keeps on giving. Getgoodwithmoney.com, y'all. And now it's time for Booster Break for the BA family. Mm, mm, mm. 
<clears throat> is you gonna boost? What? What? Is you gonna break? Do you ever have subscriptions that you forget about? I did. Mm-hmm. Do you have a hard time canceling those subscriptions because they seem tricky or time consuming? Raise your hand. I know it's you. Okay. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Yes. I can see all my subscriptions in one place. And if I see something I don't want, I cancel it with a tap. I've never had to get on the phone with customer service in order to do so. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Okay. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash brownambition. That's rocketmoney.com slash brownambition. Rocketmoney.com slash brownambition. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, what you gonna do, Mandy? <laughs> wow, that really I, took a turn. <laughs> you know, I said, I'm gonna switch it up. I'm gonna switch it up. That reminds me of that Christmas song. Anyway, um, I'm gonna boost. I'm gonna boost a little known website called MandyMoney.com. <gasps> no, MandyMoney.com. Yes, yes y'all. I'm like a professional now. I have my own website. And I built it myself. You know, Tiffany, I like to get down and do do things, the internet type things, taught myself how to podcast. And I was like, I can build a website. So I got me a little Squarespace account. And I have been, I've really enjoyed the, I forgot how creative I am. And I, I love like putting the site together and getting to use all the amazing photos. We just got some new pictures that we can't wait to share with y'all. Getting to use some new photos and really just, it's, it's had me looking back on my career and being like, oh, damn, I did that. And that, this is great. And it's been really fun to walk down memory, memory lane. And I don't know exactly, you know, what will come from it, but I, it's been, it feels, it feels right to kind of have a home to highlight my career and highlight what I do. So check it out, MandyMoney.com. Mandy I'm girl, I'm going on here, Rory, Mandy with the What do you think? Right now. <gasps> Mandy, first of all, you built this? It looks great. I did that. I did it. First of all, you look so cute. Mandy <laughs> Pop, your curls is yeah, I'm excited. No, first of all, yes, it's super cute because I love these curls. But actually, it just looks like really good. I can't believe you built this yourself. You know, I do. I do some things. Oh, um, so I've been doing here. that. I taught myself how to use TikTok. I'm I'm creating. I'm telling stories. I'm getting. I'm really just taking time to and get back to what has always made me happy. Why I started to be a journalist and why. You know, I launched the podcast and it feels good. So check it out. Let Aww. me know if you have any tips or pointers. Mandy, has Follow a- me on Instagram. I'm also at Mandy Money. Yes, you are. It says yeah. Mandy is relent- is a relentless advocate for your financial well-being. You better go, girl. <laughs> no, but for a girl, I don't know what products you use in your hair because these curls is everything. 
Okay, that's a cur- let me just tell you that is a curling iron and her name is Stacy. No, that, really? those are not. Yes, those are. See, I was like, Stacy, this is we're selling a lie to America. <laughs> you do not wake up like this. Stacy individually curled each one of them strands. And then I started thinking about man, Hillary from Fresh Prince. That was not her natural. No, it that was curling irons, too. Yeah, she's like, well, you know, for photos, we should really use the curling iron. Um, anyway, that's that's that secret. Let me just let me just uh, tell you curly hair girls out there. There's no tutorial. It is literally, do you have two hours and a teeny tiny curling iron? No, no, oh, no, but honestly, you look, it looks awesome. And I'm really proud of you. Thank you. Um, I think I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna boost. So I cannot wait because I'll be taking my six weeks off. Ooh, um, excited. And I don't know, I mean, I am really excited. So I'm like planning now, like, okay, so I think I want to, I'm trying to figure out, because you know I'm doing IVF, so I have to be within like an hour's drive. So I think I'm, I'm going to spend at least one week by this place called Avon by the Sea, because it's like, it's basically the shore, but within an hour, within an hour's drive of, of Newark. And so I'm thinking I'm going to spend like a week or so there. I'm still trying to like kind of gather places. So I would love... If you guys want to send me some suggestions that are like Jersey, even here's the thing. Um, on the weekends, I can take longer trips because um, I usually don't go to the IVF doctor on the weekend. So the way it works with IVF is that when you're doing like, you know, IVF, sometimes you go to the doctor literally every other morning because you have to take a blood test and a scan, which is just them putting a thing up your vagina and saying, looks good in here. And you're like, oh, every other day. Oh, bless. Girl, it's a part I just be legs cock like, hey, doc. <laughs> you just more- pull through the drive through with the with the mini skirt and just like, hey, this is getting out. More action than Superman, <laughs> and so like I just so yeah, but it's really like you know, it's just you're going all the time, and so but usually like like I never really go on the weekends. So if there is like I'm thinking of maybe doing like a Philly trip where I can stay the weekend over, you know. So I'm trying to figure out like, like really, Philly. yeah. So I'm like I live in Jersey. So if you think of like anything, one, that maybe I can do an extended weekend on because I could leave like Friday and come back Sunday. Or if I don't have a doctor's appointment on Monday, then I can stay even longer. Or, you know, something that's within an hour's drive. Because if I, like, for example, Avon by the Sea is like 45 minutes to an hour away. So if I had to go to the doctor, I could drive to the doctor and still go back to my beach house, you know, Mm. that I've rented. Because like, what am I in a rush for? Because I'm literally, when I say I'm not doing any work, I'm not doing not nan bit of work. I am reading. I'm going to be crocheting. I'm going to be walking along the beach. I'm be listening to podcasts. I'm going to be eating. Yeah, I'm going to be talking to my friends on the phone and hanging out. Like, I'm not. I told them only hit me up if Oprah or Michelle Obama calls. That's <laughs> it. That's it. That's a good. That's a good out of office message. Yes, and I'm also taking a break from social media. So, because mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? So six weeks away. Like, you'll still see posting because it'll be my team, but. Like I, because I don't know that I can truly take a break if I'm on social media because so much of my social media is wrapped up in business, you know? Yeah. So, because I know me, I'll see something like, oh, Logan, can you um change that caption? It could be spicier. And I'm like, girl, no, we're not doing that. So <laughs> no social media, you know, no, no email, no nothing, just like a reset. And really just like, I want to reconnect and decide like, you know, like, what do I want to do next? I have so many opportunities that are kind of floating in the air and just deciding like what what direction to go into so i'm excited about that but i welcome your suggestions i live in newark so 
if you're like, oh, girl, we stayed here and it was only an hour and even an hour and a half where I wouldn't mind, you know, so like just, you know, I'm just looking for like suggestions and ideas because I'm literally putting together the plan right now because I don't want to go into the six weeks and I haven't kind of decided what I'm going to do or else it's just going to like slip away and I'm going to be like, I didn't do anything, you know? (laughs) You're exactly like me when it comes to downtime. Like, so what's the plan for relaxing (laughs) exactly? I need my to-do list for fun. My therapist is like, why don't you just do nothing? No. I don't understand. That's (laughs) a waste of time. I don't want to like, I know me. I don't, I don't want to like not go someplace and like, yeah. you know what I mean? Because I'll be like, oh, wait, I want to go. Then everything's booked. So I'm just like, yep. at least I would like at least three different outings. One that's a week long and maybe two weekend outings, you know? So yeah, oh, I'm excited for you. I'm so excited for you. I'll miss you those six weeks, but um, we will have some fun co-hosts on the show joining us, which hopefully we can start announcing soon. Um, I guess that's coming up. So next week will be your last show. I believe so. Well, I actually, the, because I'm really done like, on. well, yeah, I mean, I, hmm, I'm trying to decide if I'm going to take that Monday because it's the 31st. I said like the first, but I'm kind of like, well, I don't know. <laughs> okay. So well, at least I don't think we have a co-host set, so you should probably come okay. <laughs> and then you can be done. Okay. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, this was a fun show. It was. Excited for your, your time off. I hope Michelle, I do hope she calls you, but also I'm like, can you wait until the middle of July, girl? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just wait. But I will say Oprah did reach out. Well, not Oprah, but OWN. I, I'm going to be taking my first flight this Friday because I'm taping something for OWN. So that's exciting. Oh, my God. You're one, I'm telling you, you're one step, one you're gonna step be, away from Lady Oprah. You're going to be on her patio in Santa Barbara doing some kind of interview. I don't know what it, or, or Super even Soul better. Sunday. It's on Super Soul Sunday. It's on my, um, it's on my vision board. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> All right, girl. Well, have a good rest of your week. And we will see y'all next week. Bye-bye. Bye. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.